0: This is the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast, episode number 210. Hey guys, welcome back to the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. I am your host Bruce Irving here with you for another episode of the show. As usual, we have a great guest on for you. Adam from Sauce Pizzeria in New York City is going to join us. Talk about the pizza business and talk about something that's pretty funny. The guys from Barstool Sp- Sports actually stopped by his shop, gave him a review. And we're going to talk about how that went, the process with Dave and the camera guy, and then what happened after that. Because a lot of people have been talking about the Barstool Sports guy, and there's been a lot of controversy, good and bad, with him. And uh, I think Adam, on this podcast episode, shares some insights as to why you should know who that is and train your staff and in the unlikely event that he that Dave comes into your restaurant, why you should be prepared for it in a good way because we talk about what happened in the aftermath of that. But anyway, that's on this podcast episode. I think you're going to enjoy this. Before we get into that though, I'm Bruce, host of the show here. We do a lot of things on this podcast. We try to teach you what's happening in the world of pizza and restaurant marketing. We also try to bring on the best guests doing tremendous things in our industry to share insights as to how they've grown their business, how they hire their individuals, uh, what they're doing that's working in their business that you can kind of listen to this podcast, take it away from it, and go implement it in your business. We do that with this podcast right here that you're listening to in your earballs. Uh, we also do that with our live show over on Facebook. Uh, all of us stuff that we have on our website, the blog, our email newsletter, all of that you can find over at smartpizzamarketing.com. And also go follow us on Instagram. We're kind of showing you a little behind the scenes on our Instagram stories as of right now. And finally, our YouTube channel, we're doing these vlog style videos where we show you kind of what happens behind the scenes here of the podcast, things that we haven't really documented over the last few years, whether that be calls with clients that we can share with you, uh, the interviews that we do pre and post, the meetings that we have, the strategy sessions, everything that we haven't documented over the last two years of running our agency. We've created a vlog and we've posted it over on YouTube, a little bit on Facebook, but more YouTube. And we're documenting that now and we're showing that all over on YouTube. So if you ever want to know what happens behind the scenes here, the calls that we have, or the strategy sessions that we have with clients or potential clients or just friends of the show that have questions for us and we meet with them, go subscribe to our YouTube channel because we're going to be posting all of that good content over there in the future. Uh, Okay, I think that's going to be it for me. Actually, let me just say thanks to our sponsor for this episode. If you're looking for a way to organize your fundraisers, you should definitely check out Planet Fundraiser. It's an app that organizes all of the fundraisers for you. And as the holidays come up and the new year comes up, everybody's going to be hammering you for donations, whether that be for gift cards or money or pizza or whatever it is. Planet Fundraiser helps you as a business owner organize all of that. You get to have them download the app or you can download the app, add your business, and how it organizes it is – uh, if A percentage of whatever that customer orders gets donated to whatever cause is on there. So if a customer wants to come in and use the app to donate to this particular order, it's almost like having an event night, right? And you have an event night, everybody comes in, and a certain percentage of your sales for that night gets donated back to that particular charity. So go check it out, planetfundraiser.com. It's a really easy way to organize all of your donations and have all of that be less hassly for you moving forward in the future. You don't have to worry about any of that. Just go to planetfundraiser.com, sign up, and let them know you heard about them on the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. All right, that's gonna do it for me, guys. Hope you enjoyed this episode with Adam from Sauce Pizzeria. Hey guys, welcome back to the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. Excited for my guest today. His name is Adam Elzer, and he is the founder and CEO of Sauce Pizzeria. And we're gonna talk a little pizza, a little business, a little everything that comes to the culinary world. Uh, Adam, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. I know you're a busy guy, so I appreciate you taking the time and sharing your story with us.
1: Thanks for inviting me on the show, Bruce. I really appreciate it.
0: Uh, I love hearing the story of how people got started in the restaurant space because it's always like a unique story of, you know, they started maybe as a dishwasher or a bus boy or a driver. or how did you get started in the business?
1: I started as a bus boy when I was twelve years old.
0: <laughs> That's a lot of people start like that the beginning.
1: and uh, and then I kept going. by the time I was seventeen, I was um, serving tables and I was also a pizza delivery way. So I was uh, delivering pizzas and uh, learning how to make pizza back then when I just kind of
0: got started. Really? What, what Did you go to college or did you did you just love the business or what made you want to stick with it?
1: Um, I went to college. I went to University of Maryland. And while I was in college, I was my first year I was serving tables there as well. And uh, and then I, in my sophomore year, I started a marketing company. Really? So Yep. The marketing company was, um, focused on all sorts of stuff. A lot of events was, uh, was the real drive. And from college, I moved into New York city, um, and moved the marketing company with me from, uh, down in DC up into New York.
0: Oh, where, <clears throat> where are you originally from? I'm originally from New Jersey. Okay. So now when you went to college, what, what did you go to college for? Like what was your major?
1: Um, I went for communications and mostly just
0: because I thought it was kind of an easy <laughs> easier. <laughs> <laughs> right. So you went to college you kind of like oh, I'm gonna go try to get something else. Did you like, did your parents make you go to college or did you just is it something that you just thought was the next step or did you really want to go?
1: Um, I thought it was just the next step. I, I was really interested. When I was young, my major interest was I would say I wanted to own a restaurant. Really. That's what I was, uh, was thinking about, but I figured college was a good next step. And the marketing thing um, brought me into more of the bar world where I was doing a lot of events and stuff in different bars. And I was learning a different side of hospitality um, through the marketing angle.
0: Okay. And how did you get started with Sauce? Like when did that open? How did you get that idea or the concept?
1: Um, in 2008, I so I, I had owned a couple of bars in my early 20s um, in New York City. And we started to do some food in those bars. But by 2008, I had sold all of that. And in 2010, I started a hospitality group with a couple other people that was um, Mexican restaurant focused. Okay. And when I did that, at the same time, a friend of mine was opening Sauce. And I was consulting with Sauce to help them through kind of the op side of opening the restaurant. And from there, I ended up selling my first hospitality group. And at the same time, I bought into Sauce. And uh, about two years later, I started a new group and I ended up buying all the partners out of
0: Sauce.
1: That was kind of the beginning of Sauce. We opened another restaurant called Coco and Crew. And I had had this um, fascination with pizza all the way through. So I I decided to put a pizza oven into Sauce. And without selling pizza, I was cooking pizza basically after we closed down the restaurant at night (laughs) and, and figuring out different recipes.
0: So where did you go to learn the recipes? Was it just you just kind of reading and watching videos and then kind of implementing in your restaurant and testing it out?
1: Yeah, I had a whole bunch of different um, dough recipes that I was toying around with and I would invite other uh, pizza chefs down to the restaurant to cook with me. So some of these guys I would pay to come in and to teach me some things that they knew other guys were friends of mine and they'd come and cook. So each time, you know, it was like every day I was kind of tweaking the dough recipe and then testing to see um, if I liked the result and inviting different people down to show me different techniques that they were using with pizza.
0: Well, that's interesting. <clears throat> so you've owned a couple different hospitality groups, a few different restaurants. So were you always kind of entrepreneurial? Is that something that you'd, like, were you – like when you were younger, were you like selling lemonade and all kinds of things door to door?
1: I don't know when I was that young. I mean, for me, entrepreneurial was – I at 12 going and getting a job, I, you know, I, I it, for me, I, I really wanted to learn how to make money. Yeah. Um, and I thought that the restaurant space was really interesting. And then when I fell into, when I got that job, I just kind of became obsessed with um, how restaurants function and, you know, being there at night. I liked the energy. I liked the people. I liked all the people that I met while I was working there. So um, I guess I was entrepreneurial, but it was definitely focused around this idea of hospitality.
0: Yeah. It, that's, it's a tough business. What's changed for you? What do you think has changed for you since you opened or since you've been in this for as long as you have, like what's changed the most?
1: Um, well, in New York, a lot of the, the rules keep changing. So um, it's getting more and more expensive to operate a restaurant in New York city. And um, I don't, I, I don't know if I would focus in on anything else that's necessarily changed. It's never been an easy business to be, you know, it's, it's challenging and it's hard to find the right people but um, it's definitely very rewarding. If you love food and you love what you do, then it doesn't really feel like work. You know, it's like I yeah. get to go and do my favorite thing every day, which is not bad.
0: <laughs> which I guess a lot of people are searching for. I guess New York's such a competitive market, too. It's, it must be hard to stand out there because like, this is probably a ton of restaurants and a ton of places people can go. And, yeah. you know, <clears throat> earlier in time, maybe without before, you know, everybody had a computer in their pocket or social media. People would have to get out and explore, but now people can explore with their phone and see where they want to go. So to stand out now, it's even harder. I think. Yeah,
1: I think you have to be doing something a little bit different, and you um, and you're kind of pushed. Where if you're not offering a product that stands mm-hmm. out, it just probably won't work out. You know, if you you in the first year of owning a restaurant, you can kind of tell where you stand if people like your idea or if they don't, or if they really enjoy your food. But if you're not doing something that. Um, that stands out from the pack, then you're, you're going to probably fall behind. And it would be hard to be in business here.
0: Yeah. I was thinking, I was talking to somebody the other day and they said a quote, they said sometimes different is better than better. Yeah. I, I think that could be true. You know, sometimes if you're better than someone else, if they're already doing it and they're first to the market, it may be harder for you, even though you're better, it may be harder for you to pass them because they were first there. But if you're a little different, like you said, sometimes that's how you can stand out and get noticed. It's all about getting noticed. I believe nowadays, like you're, Yes, you have to have a good product and good service, but you could have both of those things. But if nobody knows you exist, then that can be a little tricky to get out there.
1: Well, you know, I've I've had the philosophy, I think it's important to stand out and to get noticed, but I do believe people recognize quality. So they, you know, it's kind of, it's great if you get noticed, but, you know, a major issue, I, I had a restaurant a long time ago that got noticed really quickly and got an enormous amount of press, but we weren't really ready for it. So I felt like we were disappointing the customers because they were reading this incredible stuff and then coming in and their expectation was a little bit let down, I felt, by the experience.
0: Like you so weren't think- were ready for it, like staffing-wise, or just it just got way busier than you thought it was going to be?
1: I think that it, it got way busier than we thought it was going to be. Um, and it was like the night before we opened, we got a big article in New York Times about what we were doing, and it was like a, an enormous piece of press that drove tons of people down to the restaurant but we hadn't really finalized the concept we hadn't had enough time to play with the menu we didn't have the venue in in perfect shape we had issues with the air conditioner we had issues with staffing and you know being that that packed and having reservations for you know months on end and not really being ready for it it, it didn't give us the time we needed to figure everything out
0: yeah that's tough, right? Because you only get one time to make a first impression, I guess.
1: Yeah, I think if people come in and have a bad experience, um, no matter how much hype you got, they're not going to come back. You know, and eventually that hype is going to wear off, and you're going to be left with the people that um, that loved it. You know, if people come in and they have a great experience and they say, "Look, I want to give this another shot," or "This is my new spot," you know, that's that's a big thing. Those regular customers are what we're going after. People saying, "Like, I can count on this place," and it's. It's exactly what I'm what I expected and wanted each time I come in
0: right what kind of what, what style of pizza do you serve at sauce for anybody listening at home can you like explain the concept um, It's New York style pizza
1: so it's a thin crust pie um, originally when I sought out after it I think that um, Joe's pizza was was one of my favorite slices in New York yeah I wanted to take that idea of doing a slice shop and um, just change up a bunch of the ingredients that I, that I was using compared to what they use. But still, you know, take that style of this New York style pizza and go for that.
0: And is it a sit down place? Do we have weight staff or is it more just take grab and go?
1: No, this is just a counter. We have 20 seats and uh, it's really it's slice focused. So the whole idea is you can walk in. And for less than ten bucks, you know, have lunch or have dinner, and hopefully experience some really great pizza.
0: And why New York? So you're you're from New Jersey, and you went to school in D.C. Why New York City? Would did you open your spot? Why not maybe somewhere else that's a little less competitive?
1: Well, I I grew up um, in New Jersey. My whole family is from New York. So my great grandparents came to Brooklyn, and then um, my grandparents and my parents were in Staten Island. And when I was a little kid, we moved out to. New Jersey, but when it came to pizza, um, I, I was constantly, uh, being shown New York style pizza and there was a major difference of what was happening in New Jersey where I grew up, you know, versus 30 miles away in the city, um, with some of these pizza places that I got to eat at when I was a kid.
0: Yeah. New York, New York's really competitive though, isn't it? Isn't it like the, one of the most competitive markets? I think they said like out of the top hundred pizzerias in the country, 25 or 30 of them are in New York city.
1: Yeah, there's def- there's a lot of great pizza here. I mean, on our block where Sauce Pizzeria is, there's three other pizzerias. So it's, I mean, we're we're in the East Village, which you you can't walk more than you know 40 feet without bumping into a different pizza place. Right. It's, it's highly competitive. Some of them are really great. Um, I mean, Motorino is right next door to us, two two stores down, and that's fantastic pizza. You know, so we, when I went on to this, when I went on this mission, I knew that I was going to be going right into the heart of competition when it comes to great pizza and that the expectation was going to be pretty high.
0: Yeah. That's, that's tough, right? A lot of people wouldn't even go, go near that location if there's such good pizza places within such a short distance. Like what made you say, I'm going to go there and I'm going to be able to make it.
1: Well, I I liked the space a lot. So I, I spent a lot of time shopping for the right location and I wanted it to be in the East village. Cause I felt like the, the slice culture um works really well there you know there's a lot of people walking around a lot of people live there and there's a lot of sit down pizzerias you know in that area and not a lot of really great slice shops so when i saw this space it was definitely a little daunting that we were next to motorino but i felt like i was going to do something totally different than what they were offering and even though we both sell pizza we sell very different pizza
0: yeah they're more of a neapolitan style pizza
1: yeah, Neapolitan and more of like uh, grab a bottle of wine, order a pizza, sit down, have a meal. You know, for us was, you know, you walk in, grab a slice.
0: Four minutes later, you can be done. Right. And you're in the street. You can take it and go with you or you can sit down and eat it real quick. Yeah. Now, what's your most, is just cheese the most popular item on your menu?
1: Um, the upside down cheese probably sells about the same as the regular cheese pie. And, uh, but I'll, right now we have six pies on the menu. Last night I was working on a new pie that will probably launch in one or two weeks, yep. uh, but it's a pretty small menu. So the idea is that we have a couple of, of pies that are classic New York city pies. And then we're kind of constantly working for a seasonal special that will launch every few
0: months. And you change the seasonal special up every year or is it the popular ones come back?
1: I'm trying to do a different one. Um, every season. So, you know, every three months come out with a new pie and then uh, not just, you know, fall of next year, launch the same pie, try to have a couple of new ideas, work on those ideas. I think it, it keeps the, you know, the other chefs that are working with me really interested and we're having fun and we get to test ingredients and go to the market and kind of look for, you know, anybody can come up with a cool idea and then we'll start breaking it down and cooking it and see if we can turn it into an awesome pizza
0: now do you sell anything else on your menu or is it just pizza just pizza now i think that's moving forward with this this you know help crisis that everybody seems to have or the price or the cost of doing business do you think less is more do you think that that helps you running a business is that you only sell pizza and you only have a few different varieties to choose from so you don't need 15 20 people working on a single shift
1: yeah, I think I think it helps. I think being focused is really important. Um, so, you know, the pizza shop is all about pizza and everybody who works there is thinking about pizza and talking about pizza. Yeah. If you don't like pizza, it's not going to be the right place to work. <laughs> um, so I, I like that focus. I, I think I'm lucky to be able to do that. You know, we got a couple of big reviews when we opened, which I actually drastically shrunk the menu um as we got busier because it it felt to me like the right thing to do and we're fortunate where we didn't have to have an extensive menu to kind of lure people in for other other things it seems like people like the pizza and they're coming there for pizza so you know i i like that that's all we're going to sell right
0: you said you got a big reviews when you first opened who reviewed you
1: um the bar stool guys uh oh they did bought- they really
0: yeah, yeah what you- they came- so there was a did you see the i don't know if you saw this but a couple other guys that I had on the show from Goodfellas Pizza, I think they're in Kentucky. Right. Um, one of I their managers it. had like a really bad experience. Like he totally botched the way that he handled Dave on his yeah uh, review. Yeah,
1: was, uh, kind of a huge disaster. Oh I my think. god,
0: it was so big. And it turned into it actually ended up being okay with them because I think they handled it pretty well in the aftermath. Like what they did afterwards, and they had a lot of loyal customers that were supporting them. But what did you think about, did you know he was coming and did you just, were you nervous about that or what were your thoughts when he was there?
1: Well, I started following him um, maybe two years ago. And so I had, I knew that he was out there doing the pizza reviews and I had hoped that we were going to get a review. Yeah. But I had, had you know, the staff all knows who he is. I, I have everybody following him on Instagram and watching what they're doing and more just because he's a big voice in pizza, you know, he's he posts a review every day, and people um, they they're into it, you know, and because they kind of think there's some some comedy behind it. And he's also showing different pizzerias, so we were we were definitely aware of who he was. I wasn't aware that he was coming. I was I was so I, I moved into an apartment in the same building as the pizzeria so that I could be close and kind of be there all the time. Yeah, so. I was in my office in the apartment and I had gotten a call when he walked in, um, that he was there. And then I kind of came shooting over to see what was happening. And I caught him outside of the place, uh, right as he was doing the review.
0: Did he talk to you or did you talk to yeah, him?
1: Yeah. He, he saw me kind of, it was raining outside and I was the only guy kind of standing there in the rain watching. <laughs> so he invited me on to the, the end of the review when he was reviewing, but it was pretty cool.
0: Did he, do you remember what he gave you for a review? Uh, we got a 9.1. Which, Which is probably pretty good, right? For him, I think that he's known for like sevens and eights, right? So nine's pretty good.
1: Yeah, nine, nine point one was like the best review he had given in like two years. Um, I think the last time he gave a number that high was uh for best pizza in Brooklyn. Oh, yeah, so yeah. so that was the last uh, the last time he so Frank's so that place? was Frank. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so it was pretty cool. It was it was definitely a a big boost to business
0: as well. Were you nervous like when he was right before he gave his review? Were you nervous about what he was gonna say? Or did he could you tell he kind of liked the slice?
1: I couldn't really tell. And he is uh pretty harsh, you know, when it comes to reviewing people. And I'm I'm also pretty soft, So I, I, I kind of expected I was gonna get like when he called me over, like, great, like I'm gonna get, you know, he's gonna bash it and then I have to be on camera while he does this. Yeah. Like it's not great. Um, but I was pretty, I was very excited when I, when I, when he's, when I heard, when after he bit into it and I watched the meeting, I was like, I think he does like it. So it was, it was pretty cool.
0: Now, is he the same way off camera as he is on camera? Cause I know I've seen him and I've seen him talk to some people and I'm like, wow, how can you like be comfortable saying that in public? Like sometimes you're right. He's a little bit harsh when he, when he talks to someone or he's like, doesn't hold, I don't want to say hard. He doesn't hold anything back. If he doesn't like your pizza, he'll tell you right to your face. He doesn't like your pizza, which is something that I couldn't do. I'd have to fake it.
1: Off camera, they, uh, him and Frankie were, were really nice, you know. But I think they really liked the pizza, which helps. And, um, I, you know, watching his reviews, I didn't expect him to be, a kind of a pizza nerd. But when we went inside after he shot it and we were talking, he had a lot more knowledge than I would have expected, or he could tell some things that were going on with the pizza that that made him like it that I wouldn't have thought um, he was picking up on.
0: Yeah, because I think people just think he just does it as a shtick,
1: right. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, it appears that way, you know, but it looks like it's, it's kind of just a shtick. And I don't know if anybody, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I took it seriously. Cause I think that a lot of people are watching him and I think he's, you know, a, a pretty public person when it comes to reviewing pizza. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't expect him to be also kind of a pizza nerd and, and his camera guy, Frankie, his father owned a pizzeria in long Island, I think oh, Okay. he grew up you know, in a pizzeria with his dad, you know, eating a ton of pizza and talking about pizza. So the two of them, it was fun to chat with them after
0: the. Did activity. your, did like, did it, did it do anything for business after they came?
1: So they posted it on Instagram the next day. They posted at 6 PM at 6 15 PM. There was a line of 50 people and that line didn't stop for almost a week straight. I I mean, really? When we were unlocking the door until closing the door. Um, we were completely slammed with people just in line waiting for pizza.
0: So he does have some influence to get people in the door.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, even if you watch that Kentucky thing, so I watch his reviews when they come out or, you know, when I open Instagram, it's like, if he did a review, it pops to the top of the feed. Yeah. Um, That Kentucky thing, he, he did that review and then you, you look at the, the Google and the Yelp ratings and they were just plummeting, you know, they were (laughs) like almost a five star and both those things. And then they're down to like one star within two hours of him doing that post. It's a pretty loyal fan base, you know, and then all these people come and they also want to do their own review. So they go outside and pretend that they're him You know, <laughs> do a review of your pizza. So it's, it's pretty interesting how big of a crowd it, it draws.
0: It's just like, you really have to nowadays, especially if you're in New York city, I think he's, is he based in New York city?
1: Yeah, his office is in Flatiron, so a lot of the reviews that he does when he's in town are, are in New York.
0: And I know he's a Boston guy, and I'm in Boston, so he's from this area. So like, if you're in those two cities, you should probably put a picture of him up in your back office somewhere and make sure your employees know who he is.
1: Yeah, you definitely – I mean, if you're making pizza right now, I think you want to have a picture of him up just in case he's – you know, coming into your town or cause it, cause they do one every day. I think he, every single day for lunch, he goes out for pizza and they shoot one of these reviews.
0: Yeah. I think he's, they said he, I think I saw one of his reviews recently after that whole incident, he said he's done like three or 400 in a row. Yeah. It's, it's
1: wild. So, and, and that, and that's kind of cool too. I
0: mean, I, since I started
1: making pizza, I've eaten pizza every single day. I mean, for the last three or four years, it's like, a, it's a routine Part of my day, and he's doing the same thing. He's eating pizza every single day.
0: Yeah, I love it. I so I own two pizzerias with uh, a partner of mine, my brother-in-law. And since I've been doing this podcast, I've kind of I just do this now for the last three years. But I, the variety of pizza that I get a chance to eat talking to folks on the podcast here is, I mean, I used to eat pizza every day, but now I get to eat all kinds of different pizza every day. I feel like it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's so many different options available out there, and so many. Great people doing it in a different way. Like not, you think of pizza and you're like, all right, just just pizza. But there's so many different varieties and so many different styles and uh, cheeses and sauces and crusts. There's just so many different ways you can enjoy it. And there's so many good people doing it out there.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. And there, and there's always someone coming up with something new, which is really fun too.
0: I mean, Instagram's fun for that, right? You got to make sure your your pizza's Instagrammable because nowadays, like everybody, I think pizza's the number one photographed food item on Instagram. Really? Yeah, it's. it's- pizza and cheeseburgers. So, um, so you do a lot of Instagram. I see you got a good following on Instagram. Is that what's your philosophy behind that? Is it just like really good quality photos or what are you doing with that?
1: Most of my Instagram is, um, is food pics. I have a bunch of pictures with me and my son up on Instagram. Um, but, uh, and a lot of pizza stuff now, but it's kind of just a look at whatever I'm working on in the restaurants And, um, and then, you know, most of my free time I'm spending with my son. So those picks go up there as well. But it's, it's, it's really still more, i look at it more for friends and family than like, uh, you know, advertising for the restaurants.
0: Right. You don't, you don't, so you, like you look at your restaurant as a separate entity because some people use their restaurant or their personal brand to kind of promote their restaurant. You, you let the restaurant stand on itself.
1: I, yeah, I definitely let the restaurant stand on by themselves. I mean, I, I'm, I, I push. The restaurants are on my feed a lot because that's where I am. You know, I'm spending a lot of my time in the kitchen or around food. Yeah. Um, and a lot of my friends and, and people who follow me are interested in food, so I'm putting those pictures up there.
0: Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the, that's what gets the likes and shares now, right? Food pics, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's popular on there. People love to see what you're eating. Yeah. It's funny yeah. because it used to be when Twitter first came out, it used to be like a joke. After a couple of years of Twitter being out, uh, it used to be like nobody cares what you're eating for lunch. Stop tweeting about it. And now it's like full circle back to that. Instagram is exactly what Twitter was in the beginning.
1: Well, and you can zero in on the people that are, you know, there's, you follow what you like, right? So if you're interested in food, then you're following a bunch of people that are posting food pics. And, you know, that's, what's kind of cool about Instagram is, is you kind of pick up a vibe on someone's feed and then you can follow them and maybe learn more about the same interest or whatever they're doing in it.
0: Yeah. I liked, I think I liked one crazy pizza photo and now I go to my feed and there's like a bazillion different kind of crazy pizza photos out there. It's crazy. I said, I said in a post, Instagram is the only place that can make pizza hut pizza look good. When you, and you definitely can (laughs) so many different filters or angles. You can make a pizza hut pizza actually look good. Yeah. So what's coming for sauce is I know you got a location now. Is there plans to open or expand any more new locations or new pizzerias or different styles? What's your goal?
1: Um, the goal, so we, at the original sauce restaurant, we had a pizza window, which was where, um, I started making, where we started selling pizza. We're going to be shutting down the window and the, the bakery that's behind us on that block went out of business. So we just redid our lease and included the bakery. So we're going to put another slice shop, um, down there behind the original sauce which will go on to that corner. And I think after that, um, we'll probably take a break and just focus on the the pizzerias for a while and get everything as consistent as possible. You know, even, even launching this one, it it took a little bit of time just to do the jumper. We needed a couple more pizza chefs than what we had, you know, and, and the first few weeks it was like me and two other guys just on seven days um, making pizza and trying to make the whole thing work. So we're, we're starting to get there where we have a a bigger, bigger team and, um, hopefully we can manage those two stores pretty well. And then we can figure out what we're going to do next.
0: When you hire someone, do you hire someone with that knows how to make pizza or do you say, I just want a good person and I'll teach them how to make pizza?
1: I, so usually a pizza interview for me is making a pizza, you know, and see um, where the person's at. I'm, I'm good with someone who doesn't have a lot of experience, but is really open to learning. I think with our pizza that that goes well, just because it's, if you made New York pizza, our dough is very different than a lot of the dough that people are using for New York style pizza. And if you made a different style pizza, then again, you're going to have to learn our technique to be able to do what we're doing. So I think finding someone and engaging, um, how interested they are in listening to new, a new way to do what they know how to do is important. And then if they're open to that, you know, we'll start training them and working with them and, and, uh, get them up to speed on what we're trying to do.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's a trainable skill, right? Making a pizza. Yes. It's, it's a skill that you need to have, but you can train somebody as long as they're willing to learn. Yeah, as long as
1: they're willing to learn. I mean, I, the biggest challenge is people who've been making pizza for a long time, yeah, uh, and they're just not open to doing it a different way. So you know, you you can stand next to this person and show them how you want to do it, but if they don't follow the technique, then the pizza is not going to look the same as the pizza we're trying to put out. So there there's a lot of fr- there has been a lot of frustration for that with me where I meet somebody who's super talented, they can make awesome pizza, and then um, I start trying to teach them how to make my pizza. And it's like, they, they just can't break old habits or, you know, or, or think about a new way to do it. So
0: stubborn, right?
1: Stubborn or maybe, you know, or or the way they did it, they did it worked. So, you know, they're just, they think that they, they want to do it that way. You know, it's like, Hey, I've been doing this for 10 years. This is how I do it. I'm not going to change, you know, this is either
0: faster or this is easier for me, but um, you know, that can be super frustrating. Right. 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 Um, awesome, Adam. I was awesome talking to you. Uh, I know you have a hard stop here in a couple minutes. So where can people go check you out online if they want to say hello or if they want to uh, visit Sauce in the future if they're in New York City? Where should they go to be? say hello?
1: Um, you can go to saucerestaurant.com or saucepizzeria.com um, and check us out. And and also, we're all over Instagram. So if you, if you Google Sauce Pizza, You'll, you'll definitely find us if you're in New York. And the location is on 12th Street between 1st and 2nd, 345 East 12th Street.
0: In your uh, Sauce Pizzeria NYC on Instagram. So if you want to go check them out on Instagram, is that Barstool Review on your Instagram profile? I think it is, yeah. Okay. Yep. I'll have to go check that out. and go, I'll link it up in the show notes too. So if you're listening to this uh, in the podcast and you're driving, you're, you're at work or you're at the gym, uh, head over to smartpizzamarketing.com. I'll link up all Adam's links in that. Uh, review on uh, our website over there. Adam, I appreciate you taking the time, man. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you, Bruce. This was great. Really appreciate it.
0: All right. Well, thanks to Adam for checking us out and joining us on the podcast here. Always great to talk to these entrepreneurs. I love doing the podcast. That's the benefit of doing this podcast for me. I've learned so much over the last five years of doing the show, whether that be the live interviews or this podcast here, talking to some people who just do tremendous things in our business and to pick their brains for a half an hour and share their information with you, has been a tremendous pleasure for me over the last few years. So I I, I thank you for listening and allowing me to do that. I also want to thank our other sponsor of this episode, Susan from Our Town. If you're looking for new movers who move into your area, contact susan at ourtown.net. That's her email address. And also you can save some money. So for SPM listeners, she's already knocked off the setup fee, but she has a $100 off your first mailing if you want to contact some new movers. But you have to sign up before December 31st. So if you're listening to this, when it comes out the first week of December, you only have a couple of weeks for this extra $100 savings. So if you want to go save money on not only the setup fee, but also save $100 on your first mailing, contact susan at ourtown.net or you can go to our website, just type in ourtown and we'll give you all of the information and you can see exactly what happens there and how the system works. But you're gonna save about 200 bucks if you sign up before December 31st. So go check that out. And thank you to Susan for supporting us and sponsoring the show here. As for what we do, we help you do all of your marketing. Um, You know, before I get into all of that, uh, Adam had a great point when we were listening to this podcast. I just thought about it as I'm kind of wrapping up the show here. You have to know who Dave Portnoy is. If you're in the pizza industry, it is our job to make sure that the people that we work with in our business that we own know about other people in our industry. And there's no excuse for you to not know who these people are. The magazines, pizza, PMQ, pizza today, our podcast, your managers and supervisors and people, if they really care and want to get ahead in your business, it is your job to force them. Yes. I said, force them. If they want to get ahead with you to force them in a good way, I don't want you to sit there and hold them and make them read it, but say, Hey, listen, I highly suggest you check out these things. If you're interested in growing your uh, in within our organization, which serves food to customers and serves experience to customers, check out these resources that are free and available to you to check out. And Dave Portnoy, as annoying as he can be and sarcastic and kind of quirky, people pay attention to him. So if you own a pizzeria especially, you got to know who that guy is and you got to put a picture of two people in your business. Put a picture of him and put a picture of the health inspector. And your your employees should know who all of those people are or both of those people rather. Because they're very important people in our industry, and they can really have a tremendous effect, good and bad, on your business. So, that's that. Now, what we do, we help you market your business. If you want to get some exposure for your business, you want to get new customers into your business, you want to grow your presence on these social platforms, but you don't know how to do it, or you don't have the time, we can definitely help you do that. But we only work with one restaurant or pizzeria per zip code, and they're filling up pretty quickly, so... If you're interested, in 2019, if you want to dominate 2019, be the person that's the most well-known in your area, get the best customers that come into your area, check out what we do, smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash zip, and if you have a question, you can always shoot me an email, bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com, that is my personal email, it goes directly to me, and I will respond directly to you. You can also follow us on social, on Instagram, we are at smartpizzamarketing. At Irving Media on Twitter and Facebook, we are Smart Pizza Marketing. Listen, we have some tremendous shows coming up for 2019. We have a lot of things planned. We have a lot of great, tremendous guests, some that we've had on in the past that we're going to have on again, and some new ones that a lot of people have asked for that we're going to get on the show. I have a couple surprises for you guys happening in 2019. So, as we get ready for the content calendar coming up, if there's any particular sh- show that you want to hear us talk about, You know, if that's going to be about Instagram or Facebook or what platform it is, or if there is a certain person that you would like us to interview, shoot us an email or message us on Instagram or Facebook, and we will make that happen for you. But we need to hear from you because we really want to produce the show that you guys want to listen to. So thank you so much for your attention, and I appreciate you joining me here. Hopefully you have a great week and a great holiday, and we'll see you on the next one.